0: So, Emily's actually going to talk tonight and go a little bit more into the gifts and how this all relates to what we're actually kind about, offering, season we're inviting people into. Um, so, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, for Emily. Yeah, yeah can you guys actually um, go by your small groups? to so, like, sit in the same row as your small group? or like sit, you know, in a cluster. <laughs> okay, oops, okay, great. Look at that cute small group over there with their matching pants. <laughs> it's great, okay, awesome. Looks like you're in your groups, you guys. You're going to be proud of me because I made a PowerPoint for tonight. So for all you visual learners, you have a PowerPoint. For all of you tactile learners, I liked John's fill-in-the-blank thing he did. So I gave you some fill-in-the-blanks. Yeah. Well, can some guys do that, please? gentlemen. Thank you. It's kind of heavy. Just keep him up, but maybe just over. Better? Okay. Let's give it up for these strong men. Yes, thank you, guys. Thanks, brothers. Okay. Yeah, so... If you, yeah, if you have a pen, pencil, you've got some fill in the blanks. If you want to just look at the screen, you've got that. If you want to just look at me and listen, you've got that. That's great. Okay. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Send your spirit, Lord. Dear Lord, we are here for you this evening. We thank you for the gift that it is to be here, for your provision in each of our lives, your faithfulness, your generosity. You've been very good to us. Um, We're very grateful to be able to be here this evening. God, I ask that you would give us more of your Holy Spirit, stir up your Spirit in us, that we could know you more, love you more, Lord, I pray for your peace in this room, I pray that each of us would hear and be inspired of something new about you, um, that we would come to know you and love you more. We pray this in the name of Jesus, amen. Okay, so tonight is really, like, don't be afraid, but... We might drink from a fire hose a little bit. Okay, so there's a lot. We're talking about the graces of baptism, which is really... Also, I'm just realizing, like, that's a really long (laughs) row. But I like it. Okay. Oh, wide, small group. You got some women in your small group? No, I'm just kidding. That's good. You clustered. Women clustered, men did a line. Okay, anyway, moving on. Okay. Okay, okay. So we're talking about the graces of baptism, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which is a really big topic. So I just want to preface this with we're not going to be able to cover everything. I'm going to try to kind of take us through, but God is, like, really big and infinite and a mystery. And we can know some things. God has revealed some things to us, like to the church, right? That we can know, we can study, we can learn, and that's good, and it helps our relationship with God to learn and to study, right? But there are just going to be some things that we're not going to be able to grasp. It so I just kind of want to preface that. So as we're going, we're going to. I'm going to briefly touch on baptism, just in general, and then we're going to talk about. Um, the different gifts of the Holy Spirit, the different graces that we have received in our baptism, okay? And the whole point and purpose is just that we can be a little bit more, like, maybe you know what's going on, hopefully. Or, like, when we get to Saturday night or even before, we can maybe have an idea. This can give us some language of for us to articulate, like, what is it? We want the Lord to do for us. Or, how, you know, like in my area of struggle or in my life, like, oh, actually, how could I ask God to come more fully? And we don't have to have the perfect words. He can do it anyway. At the end of the day, He can do it, even if we don't have the perfect words. But this can help to give us some language. So, okay, so the graces of baptism. In baptism, we are made children of God. Amen. We become members of the body of Christ, the church. We are given the gift of the Father, which is the Holy Spirit. We are given all the graces that we need to live a holy life, a life with God. Praise, reverence, and serve him in this life and be with him in the next, right? We're given all those graces. um, John 1 says, from his fullness, we have received grace in place of grace, Because while the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. This is referencing what John talked about last time. The law came through Moses. It was on the tablets. But in Jesus Christ and in our baptism, it's written on our heart. Grace. Grace upon grace. Um, John the Baptist talks about, I baptize you with water for repentance. So part of our baptism is this kind of repentance and like, washing away of our sins, right? And he goes on, but after me comes one who's more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So the promise of baptism is this forgiveness of sins, and even on top of that, his Holy Spirit poured out. This, these are the, prom, the promise of baptism, forgiveness of sins and the grace of the Holy Spirit, life with God, what the holy, what the soul is to the body, this Holy Spirit is to the body of Christ, which is the Church. The Holy Spirit is what animates and gives life and breath. And it's referenced over and over and over again in Scripture. Is the Spirit was hovering hovering over the waters in Joel? Like I will pour out my Spirit on all peoples. It is for everyone. He talks about so there are these references to. The breath, like being the spirit being breath, being life. In Genesis, God breathed his spirit into man, right? So when we talk about this baptism in the Holy Spirit or renewal in the Holy Spirit, it's, you know, it's this stirring up of those graces. And I did, I think I made this note in here, yeah. Um, just that. This baptism in the Holy Spirit, this phrase, like John said, we can use a lot of different language to describe this happening in us, but at the end of the day, it's this, the graces are there, and we're, like, God is stirring them up because we're giving him permission to. So you can read there if you want, but the church recognizes that this is a real thing. Um, Whereas back in the ancient church, when people were baptized, they were often adults, and so it was like all in, you know, it was like they had their adult yes, and it was like this, renew like the spirit was stirred up, but when we're little babies, we have no, like, we can't exercise our will or anything, so the grace is there, but we don't have the will to stir it up. Um, as adults, we have this will to say, yes, Lord, stir it up, so you can read there, I just love this, but The baptism in the Holy Spirit makes Christ known and loved as Lord and Savior, establishes or reestablishes immediacy of relationship with the Trinity, um, on and on. It's our conviction that this baptism in the Holy Spirit understood as a reawakening in the Christian experience of the presence and action of the Holy Spirit kind of a lengthy sentence but it's a part of a normal christian life this reawakening is part of a normal christian life reawakening of the holy spirit and the popes they urge us let's rediscover this beauty of being baptized in the holy spirit and aware of our graces let us become aware of our graces in baptism and confirmation that we've received so i think we get that can you get a nod I might shorten this section up a little bit. I think we get that. Sure. Would you like mention graces? Like what do you mean? Like how would you like define that? I'm gonna keep going. Right. But I would say great he asked, when you say graces, what does it mean? How would you define it? I will say if you look up Grace in the Catechism, what it says in there, it talks about grace being a participation in the life of God. So when we receive grace, we receive that gift of participation participation in the life of God Um, but the way I'm kind of talking about this like the graces of baptism it's that we have received the Holy Spirit the gift of the Father that's like that's basically it but the Holy Spirit brings with him and I have this written down the Holy Spirit brings with him the gifts of divine life so The gifts of divine life, I'm talking about grace in like, as in like these gifts of divine life, these gifts that allow us to participate in the divine life of God. So, long answer, (laughs) but, okay, so at baptism, to sum this little baptism section up, we're given the gift of faith, life with God, being renewed in the Holy Spirit or baptized in the Holy Spirit, this can free that gift of faith it's it's i don't know i was doing a lot of reading and it was cool to read about like on one hand it's it's almost like an unleashing it's not even of the life of faith it's not always even necessarily like a giving of the life of faith it's like this unleashing like a full life of faith so okay so what happens the holy spirit brings with him these gifts of divine life um And we can ask for this. It's like the one thing, you know, the scripture where it's like, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened. For those who ask, receive. Those who seek, find. And those who knock, the door will be opened. The Father, what Father gives his son a snake, right? When he asks for this egg, just so will not your heavenly Father give to you these good gifts. Some translations, the gift of the Holy Spirit to those who ask. So we have a 100% guarantee when we, we've actually already, all of us have been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. For those who haven't been baptized though, if they ask, they get it. A hundred percent guarantee, right? Um, So we can ask for this gift of the Holy Spirit. Again, like it's an unleashing. We can ask for that unleashing. So let's talk about the gifts of divine life. The gifts that the Holy Spirit brings with him. We're going to talk a little bit about the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, which you probably have heard about when you were prepping for confirmation in eighth grade. That's when I did mine. Um, So the catechism says, when the work which the Father gave the Son to do on earth was accomplished, the Holy Spirit was sent on the day of Pentecost in order that he might continually sanctify the church. So the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, these are understood as gifts meant for our own sanctification. Um, They're gifts given to the individual for our own sanctification, and in turn, the sanctification of the church, right? But these gifts are quiet in operation. They transform us slowly, not always immediately. Um, And they renew our intellect, and they strengthen our will. Those are fill-in-the-blanks. These seven gifts of the Holy Spirit renew our intellect and they strengthen our will. They help us to go after the sanctified life, a life of holiness, right? So the first gift, I'm going to breeze through these, but you can read. I gave you like a lot of information in this so that you can go back in your prayer time and read it later. But these seven gifts, wisdom, Oh as i go through just pay attention if there's any of that kind of you're like ooh like i really i really want that or like i think i need that in my life right now pay attention but wisdom to sum it up it's an understanding in our inner being which enables us to see god's viewpoint it's an ability for us to see god's viewpoint so wisdom understanding this enables, it's an enlightening of our mind. It enables us to see the Lord more deeply. It gives us knowledge of God in his ways. So this is the gift of understanding. And what's kind of cool about some of these is it helps it, this little summary also gives us like, here's how you can maybe grow in that gift. So these gifts can be grown in us as well. Side note. Counsel, this is the ability to receive Good advice, good advice, or give good advice. So, count the gift of counsel, right judgment, empowers us to make decisions in the spirit. So, it's kind of a really practical um, life gift. Fortitude is also known as courage, strength, or zeal. It enables us to face with strength the trials and dangers we encounter in the Christian life. I love this. It's often seen as the root of the and chari- of the charism of evangelization. If we want to be evangelizers, this might be a gift for us to be praying for, is this gift of fortitude so that we can have strength and face the trials and whatever that we're going to encounter in our evangelistic efforts. Like, okay, I can have strength and zeal and, like, courage to step out and look a little silly because you are worth it. <laughs> that person is worth it. Okay, knowledge. Is having a deep, deep trust and sureness of the Lord and knowing the truths of the Christian revelation. So, um, piety, also in parentheses, love here. So it's highlighting love. Piety, I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Piety, <laughs> piety, piety, whatever you want. Okay, so um, piety is this produces in us this gift, a loving, consciousness of God, a worshipful consciousness of God as father. So it gives us this consciousness that God loves me and I love him back. And in turn, it kind of spills over to our relationships with others as well. So if we have this gift of piety, we'll see God's holiness reflected in our brother or in our sister. It's kind of like we see the person's dignity because we see God. Fear of the Lord, this is an attitude of reverence and awe in the presence of God. Um, And I really liked this, to grow in, in this gift, we can be praying to God often and be thankful for God's gifts. If you want to grow in fear of the Lord, reverence and awe, be thankful for his gifts and respect his name. So those are the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. Again, these are often slower or quieter in operation. And there are some things that we can do, practice to help strengthen these gifts in us. Um, these are for our own sanctification. Now the charismatic gifts, We am going to move into that. So here's from the catechism again. Grace is first and foremost the gift of the Spirit who justifies and sanctifies us. But grace also includes the gifts that the Spirit grants us to associate us with his work, to enable us to collaborate in the salvation of others and in the growth of the body of Christ. So grace is first and foremost the gift which sanctifies us, right, for our own holiness, this gift of grace. But it's also including the gifts that the Spirit grants us to be able to do his work and build the kingdom. So you could read that little second section. It talks about where charism comes from, the roots. But we're going to go into um, just nine gifts that are mentioned in one Corinthians twelve. And again, another side, like another note with these gifts of the Holy Spirit. Like we have the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. We have the nine gifts listed in Corinthians. But again, God is big. <laughs> And unsearchable. So we can like kind of search, but there's probably as many spiritual gifts as there are people in this world and more. <laughs> so God's big. But we're going to talk about these nine gifts mentioned in Scripture, 1 Corinthians 12. There's kind of three categories. Are you guys liking the PowerPoint? Is it working? Is it helpful? There's three categories. So we have three Gifts kind of in this revelation or insight. And then there's utterance, gifts of utterance or communication. And there are gifts of dy- dynamic gifts. Dynamism, dynamite, power, power gifts. Okay. So the insight gifts, revelation, you have knowledge. Again, I'm going to breeze through these. You can, you've got it all there. You can go back later. But knowledge, this is a supernatural and again, these are kind of more like um, like an in-a-moment gift, I would say. Um, so knowledge is a supernatural revelation of facts, past, present or future, that we did not learn through our own natural efforts, right? Um, so this would be like maybe you're praying with somebody. In your small group and you kind of have this idea like oh I should ask about like her relationship with her dad I think there's something in her relationship with her dad and you ask and she's like yeah that's the thing that was on my heart right or is that that's like a good example of a knowledge gift it it can help us in our ministry to people it can help reveal something that Maybe I just need to ask about um, Taco Bell. (laughs) And that means something to this person. Um, And it kind of unlocks and opens up this way for them. So that's an example. How that can be used to serve people. Okay, wisdom. This is like, and again, these are kind of different than the seven gifts. Knowledge and wisdom. Wisdom. These are kind of like more in the moment. So wisdom, supernatural insight given to the members of the body of Christ, which reveals Christ, God's timing and method of ministry in a given situation. So kind of illuminates like what God would will in this situation, right? Wisdom. And then we have discernment of spirits. So this is an ability to recognize whether a person or a situation is being motivated by the Holy Spirit, just human spirit, or an evil spirit, or some combination. Okay, the communication gifts, utterance, the gift of tongues, um, this is, there's so there's two kinds, actually, of tongues. You hear about tongues speaking in tongues, and there's praying in tongues. So, Praying in tongues, to pray or to sing in tongues is to pray in what could be an earthly or heavenly language. So praying in tongues helps one to praise God. And we're going to come back to tongues later, but just as a brief. Praying in tongues helps one to praise God. We know that praise is a weapon in spiritual battle. So praying in tongues is an act like it's a way that we can go into this spiritual warfare, right? So praying in tongues is one way. And then there's this speaking in tongues, which is more of like a ministerial like a ministering gift, a speaking in tongues, and it's the purpose of speaking in tongues would be like we're having a prayer meeting and there's like okay, there's a sense that we have a word in tongues. And somebody comes up and gives a word in tongues, and the purpose of that is to release the interpretation, which is the next gift, interpretation of tongues. So if you're speaking in tongues, it's, like, meant to be interpreted. Whereas praying in tongues is this language of the heart in communicating with God. Praying, Speaking in tongues is, like, to release a gift of interpretation, to speak God's word to people... Um, it's so that God can speak to his people. And so that's where I'll stop with the gift of tongues. I will say this is a humble gift. St. Paul says, you know, I wish everyone would speak in tongues, but greatly desire, eagerly desire the the other gifts, right? But he does want us all to be speaking in tongues. It's a humble gift. So we'll come back. Interpretation of tongues, I think I kind of covered that. It's a prophetic message given in response to God's signal of speaking in tongues. So you can read more there. Prophecy, communication from God to people. Prophecy is kind of like the forth of God's mind and heart for his people. Okay, the dynamic gifts. So you have the dynamic gift of faith. This is different than like the faith you received at baptism. This is... Um, charismatic gift of faith or the dynamic gift of faith is a supernatural outpouring of faith which confidently brings us to believe without a doubt what is spoken or undertaken in Jesus' name will be accomplished this is the kind of faith that moves mountains that Jesus talks about so this is a real like a power gift I really liked this one this is a good read Okay, healing, super outpouring, natural outpouring of God's power which results in the healing of sickness, disease without using medical means. Miraculous power, miracles are interventions into the course of events which seem to contradict the laws of nature. So maybe some of this is like obvious <laughs> of what these are, but some are not as obvious. So I wanted to give you guys... I just wanted to give you a lot of like resources tonight because um, it's good. It's good to become familiar with, with these things. So I hope that you do take the chance to go back and read through. Um, all of those, I put a website on the bottom there. Um, a lot of this information I got from the Diocese of Lafayette, they have a really great page that talks all about The um, like even the charismatic renewal, the spiritual gifts. So if you get the chance, go check it out. It's good. Okay, let me think. Yes, I'm going to mention just like two more um, gifts categories, if you will. So in Romans, Romans 12, um, there, there are mentioned more gifts. Actually, does someone have their Bible? Can you pull that up? And so, Paul, maybe when you get that, you can read that. And then somebody pull up Galatians five twenty-two through 26. Maybe we'll read that too. You have Romans? Um, Romans 12, verse 6. Maybe keep going. We'll see. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us us exercise them. If prophecy in proportion to the faith, if ministry in ministering, if one is a teacher in teaching, if one exhorts in exhortation, if one contributes in generosity, if one is over others with diligence, if one does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. That's great. So here we heard... um, if. Gifts of ministry, if gifts of teaching, if gifts of administration, if gifts of mercy, right? So, again, more gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, that's all I'll say about those, but um, fruits of the Spirit. You have that? You have your fruits? Um, Twenty, what is it? Twenty-two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In contrast, the fruits of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Awesome. You said generosity, I had goodness <laughs> on the paper, but that's good. So again, these like fruits of the spirit, I will say fruits of the spirit and these gifts talked about in Romans, like some gifts we can cultivate. Again, like the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, there are things that we can do in our natural powers to help cultivate these gifts of the Spirit. The charismatic gifts differ a little bit in that they are pure gifts, like just from God. It's a little bit more difficult to cultivate that. We can cultivate an openness to it. We can ask for them, but they are given for the, for the building up of the church. Okay, and then a last note about manifestations. So these aren't, I say this a little bit strongly, but I wouldn't categorize manifestations of the Spirit as gifts, though, I mean, they are great to receive. To be having these manifestations, Um, they accompany the work of the Holy Spirit. So when the Holy Spirit works, sometimes people experience tears, they may experience laughter, they may experience resting in the spirit or like a deep sense of peace. So there are things like this, like manifestations of the spirit that we can be experiencing as well. Okay. That was the fire hose. How are we doing? Good. Okay. So again, God is unsearchable. There's so many gifts. This is just to get... Wet our appetite a little bit, give us a way to think about the gifts of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the graces of our baptism. Like, what have we received, and what can we even be thinking about and asking for? Um, I, want, I wanted us to sit in small groups because I have a couple of resources on the gift of tongues that I want us to take some time and dive into. Sound good? Okay, so, tongues as it pertains to, um, well, I mean, okay, I have kind of four options here, and your small group needs to pick, okay? So among your small group, you decide which one you want to do. I'll let you know, give you a chance to talk, and then we'll decide. Just two. (laughs) Okay, so option one is You have the resource here. It's to go back and read more closely. Like, what is the gift of tongues? Like, what is it? So what is it? That's your first option. Your second option is, why ask for it? Why should I ask for the gift of tongues? Your third option is, the gift of tongues as it relates to gratitude. And your fourth option is, Releasing the gift of tongues. Like how, how do we, how can I like be more open to this gift and help cultivate it? Okay, so talk to, your small, talk to your small group, decide which one. It's what is it, why ask for it as it pertains to gratitude and how to release it. Okay, let's bring it back. Sorry, hate to cut you off. Of eyes. So just for the sake of time, for the sake of time, um, I'm going to leave it to you guys to continue the conversation. Um, I will conclude with um, I just really love this in the outline. It talks about. Um, the gift of tongues. Well, hmm, what do I want to say? I guess I just want to invite us to be open. To be open to all of God's gifts. I think at the end of the day, we want the Holy Spirit. And we want whatever gift the Holy Spirit, gift or gifts that the Holy Spirit wants to bring with Him. So I don't want us to lose sight of that. I want us to keep that in mind, that we want the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen? And I want us to be open. I want us to be open. And I guess I'll just conclude with this little gift of tongues study here that we've had. Just, I love what it says in this outline here, but it talks about, you know, the gift of tongues. And I would say, like, pr- um, praying in tongues. This gift of praying in tongues not so much speaking as so as to interpret, but praying in tongues, the language of the heart, is considered the least of the gifts, even though it's often presented as a very important manifestation of the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the renewal, a renewal in the Holy Spirit. It is a gateway gift to other gifts. If we can humble ourselves in relationship with the Lord so much as to yield to his Holy Spirit within us, in order that we babble in a strange tongue, then we open ourselves so much more to surrender to the other gifts to be manifested in us for the good of the church. There's a lot of gifts that are like look really cool, you know, like healing and miracles and faith and like we should desire those gifts because they are really awesome and do big things. But can we like receive the gift of a child as well. And I think the gift of tongues is a really humble gift. It's a gift that really requires some surrender and humility. And we know that the Holy Spirit goes to the lowest place, places, the emptiest places. So I just want to encourage us with that. Um, all those resources, there's more floating around. If you want another printed copy, text call, email me. I'm also going to email out, or Danny will email out the email with links to all these things so you'll have it digitally as well. Okay, in conclusion, I kind of said this already, but our fundamental openness is God, I want you. So let's, I know we just, ooh, like, drink from the fire hose is a lot, but let's keep our eyes fixed on fundamental bottom line God, It's you. It's you I want. It's the gift of your Holy Spirit. Um, So it's good to seek understanding, um, but let's not stay intellectual with all this. Like, we don't need to make an idol of understanding the working of God and exactly how the Holy Spirit works. God works mysteriously. I know I said this a couple times, but I love this in Ecclesiastes. It says, as you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in a mother's womb, so you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. He's unsearchable. Let's let him be, (laughs) you know. We don't know how the Holy Spirit comes. We can't understand the workings of God. We don't know how the Holy Spirit is going to come and move in us or want to and the people in our small groups and that we're praying with and walking with on Fan into Flame, we don't know. But we know that if we ask, he will come. And it might be quiet, and it might be slow. It might be, like, manifest. But he's going to come, and he'll bring his gifts with him. So, God, I want you. We can expect him to work in really wonderful, like, actually wonderful in awesome ways. We can expect him to work like that. Um, both on Saturday night of Fan and Flame. But also, I mean, we can expect that in our lives tomorrow. And the day after and the day after and after Fan into Flame. We can expect awesome, wonderful works. Quiet and manifest. We can expect fruit. We can expect fuller Christian living. And grace and life with God. So... Um, There's a couple of reflection questions that you can take, and um, I think that's it. I think just, Danny, is there that last quote at the very end? We can read it as a prayer? Yeah. Okay. So this is from Pope Paul VI. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. The church needs the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. He it is who animates and sanctifies the church. He is her divine breath, the wind in her sails, the principle of her unity, the inner source of her light and strength. He is her support and her consoler, her source of charisms and songs, her peace, her joy, her pledge and prelude to the blessed and eternal life. The church needs her perennial Pentecost. We need our perennial Pentecost fire in her heart, words on her lips, prophecy in her outlook to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. This is what the church needs. This is what we need, Lord God. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit in us, in each of us, in all of us together, in us who are the church. So let all of us ever say to him, come, you say with me, come. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Go yeah. yeah. Guys, I forgot to say something. Just like a fun little another resource I have back there. If you're interested in like a baptism in the Holy Spirit resource, renewal of the Holy Spirit resource, there's an or there's um one of the Pope's an address to the people of World Youth Day from when the theme was the new Pentecost. Yeah, that one. Daniel's holding it. That's really good. And then there's a one-pager that was his address on a, a Pentecost. You can hold the other one up, too. It's just one page front. The back is talking about Lebanon. But the front page is also another good resource on just renewal in the Holy Spirit. So.